0: Bounty Hunter Boot Camp. Where does that name come from? Like, why, why, why that name? Why did you settle for that name as far as this program goes?
1: Yeah, Bounty Hunter Boot Camp was Scott's course, and we changed it to Boot Camp for Bounty Hunters just so it wasn't yeah. the same as his. Yeah. Um, I don't know where it actually started.
0: Yeah, it's it's a is. <laughs> this uh this basically this process for somebody that wants to turn themselves into a recovery agent. Correct. Uh and now you know i've i'm as sure as many people have seen out there a bunch of people getting into it after it became like a reality show thing mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh like what differentiates this program that you guys came up with and are working on currently with other stuff that is out there like can you describe your program basically for somebody who wants them they might want to join
1: Yeah, I think the biggest thing that differentiates us from other courses is because we've made connections with other people. We've made connections with AVERT, which is the active training, uh, shooter training. Um, So we have all of their products with us. We are certified ASP instructors, so we get all of ASP products. We can sell on demand at the course, Um, local vendors for gloves. Um, We have a lot of product that we can really provide Um, we also have like over 20 years combined of experience within the family. So that differentiates from, um, other courses that are nearby.
0: So like if I'm, uh, is there prerequisites? You know, we talked about some of those, but like, uh, somebody, you know, in their thirties and their forties, uh wants to get involved in something like this like physically what would you tell people as far as the physical nature of uh requirements of this type of training Uh,
1: i believe it would be as standard as you know law enforcement academy training can you do 50 push-ups can you do 50 sit-ups pull-ups can you run can you jump over a fence that's an obstacle people don't really consider in, yeah. in this field. Is Jumping over a fence. I jump over so many fences. <laughs> <laughs> My drop leg gets stuck in
0: the... So parkour is an essential aspect yeah, of what absolutely. you do. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah, I should add that. That's a good one. Parkour. <laughs> um, yeah, I think physically being in shape absolutely helps. Um, I the The course doesn't have prerequisites. I personally, when I'm adding to my team, I prefer military or law enforcement background just to know that, you know, use of force. I'm not going to have to teach you when it's your first day on the job. Yeah. Um,
0: So use of force is essential. Yes. like You're going after people that might attempt to use force to keep you from pulling, detaining (laughs) them, right? So use of force is essential. Uh, Do you, in in your training, you, you go to, through use use of force, but you think that's one of the most essential things as far as like just being able to know that, Mm -hmm. um, the, the mind, the mental aspect of this, the, uh, the types of people that work out the best in this, like what type of people don't work out in this field? Mindset wise,
1: uh, mindset wise, I would think those who lack situational awareness is a big one. Um, you can have all of the tactical training you want or desire, or you can be the best of the best. But if you don't know when someone's behind you, then it's yeah. not going to do you any good.
0: So people being observational, people being streetwise about streetwise, going-
1: absolutely. Um, even from my background, being young and just like a hood rat teenager, I think those people excel the most than um, those without it.
0: Yeah, you're you're going for people that uh know about the environment that they're going to operate in, basically. Absolutely. And and when you say that, I mean at all levels, from the lowest to the highest. Yeah. Yeah. How, uh, what does the uh, firearms are a thing in the U.S., and people love them and guns are amazing and AR-15s and all that. What role do they actually have within your, you know, your work you do?
1: It depends on the case. Um my firearms that I use in field are mainly for intimidation purposes i like I said I've never pulled my firearm on anybody even when I was getting shot at i yeah. I ducked um it's mainly for intimidation so people can talk to me more um let me know where said person is um not when it's aimed at them but when it's holstered you yeah know,
0: it's a it's a uh force is available
1: yes absolutely um yeah I think firearms are essential for both intimidation purposes but also when you do need them Um, you know when you're getting shot at or if you're entering a hotel room alone it comes in handy
0: yeah having those there Mm -hmm. and when people go the route of not having them with them you know which is a lot that we see again one of the most famous ones is Dog the Bounty Hunter, right? Is one who he didn't chose he didn't choose not to carry around firearms with him, right? Mm-hmm. Why does does Dog the Bounty Hunter not carry firearms with him?
1: He can't. He's not legally able to. <laughs> yeah,
0: he has a some legal issues that preclude him from carrying around firearms. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that something you also commonly see every now and then with some of the people that come through the training that have that? Uh, limitation or or is that not a thing not a a common thing
1: there's been a couple who have had similar backgrounds that can't carry a firearm legally in the field um unfortunately in washington state you can't have a bounty license without being able to it's just optional if you wish to um so you have to pass like a concealed pistol license regardless um I will say like you're not ineffective because you can't carry a firearm. Yeah. You can still talk, you can still, you know, have ways around that. You can still do the job, but it prohibits you.
0: Yeah. When you talk about training, um, like how much training do you need? What's what's the time frame as far as the training that you need to go through and some of these prerequisites?
1: Um it's 32 hours in Washington state. In Idaho, it's free reign. There's no laws against it as long a, as you're 18.
0: Okay, yeah. <laughs> that's wild to think about. No training to go after somebody. Yeah. yeah, you. It sounds like an industry that doesn't have a lot of definition around it. You know, is that safe to say?
1: Yeah, it's accurate.
0: Is it changing as you as you've been going through your process of being involved in it? Is it getting more uh reined in or regulated yeah
1: especially with um our boot camp pushing newer agents into the field um they are all going to department of licensing and saying they completed the course with us so we are in a way you know kind of not liable but we're we're named
0: people there's a responsibility there
1: yeah so with pushing people into the industry um you know, the liability goes up with your and, happy and,
0: folk. Yeah, and, and on your end, I imagine yeah. that people just don't pass.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. And when you – this is like uh, people don't want – people want to talk about success but don't want to talk about failure. What, what, what's, what, what are some of these the, – the things that people are failing at they don't pass? Use
1: of force is a
0: big one. Use of force. Yeah. Do you basically set up uh, situations for them to we see do. how they would – Do under a use of force situation. If anybody's ever tried to figure out if they should shoot somebody or not shoot somebody in in a training setting, yeah. (laughs) Now imagine uh, doing it live. But uh, so use of force is one of the common ways that people basically drop out of it or or wash out.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: What do you notice the most? There is are there people basically just trying to solve everything with their gun? Is it people that were over aggressive? Yeah. What do you see?
1: I, both in training and in field, because I do take newer agents out for their first times, um, I do see a lot of over overaggression. Um, some have prior police force um, experience, so they'll get kind of not an ego, but an ego, um, and they think they're bigger with a batch. Um so I'll I'll say use of force, you know, knowing when a situation requires a firearm or if it requires just talking. Yeah, that's a very large one. Yeah, because someone's not going to talk to you with a gun pointed. Out.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
1: it's just how it is.
0: Yeah, that's, that, and uh, the the ability to basically not. To, to de-escalate situations mm-hmm. is that something you train people into I as do, well yes Like, yes. W- w- how do you show somebody this how do you show somebody not to chill out basically? i
1: try my hardest to show okay. them examples based off of the environment basically um read the room um are they heightened is this something do they have a weapon nearby are they bigger than you are they raising their voice are they are they persistently getting closer to you where you have to tell them to get back. Um, just read the room. Um, I've come into a lot of situations where it's been this high and I've brought it down to here and the guy eventually comes out and talks to me. Um, so it's really just knowing when to apply those techniques that I'm giving my students. That that really Negotiation.
0: helps. Negotiation. Yeah. Um. The ability to do something without any violence Mm -hmm. that's 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 the success you know Mm -hmm. quiet success that you don't hear a lot about you know um but people going hands-on people trying to figure out their their way away not wanting to go back Mm -hmm. what are what are some of the uh what are some of the things that people you know get wrong about this this industry
1: that it's not always heightened. It's not always gunfights and chases and um, craziness happening. You know, most of the time it's very calm. Um, not all of the time, but, you know, for a good percentage of it, I'm getting people out of bed because I'm there so early in the morning. Yeah. Um, That's what I like more than the craziness, you know, most of the time. Um. So, yeah, I think... The biggest concept misconception is that it's it's not like what you see on Dog because Dog was an entertainment TV show. Yeah, this is real life.
0: So, and uh, you say going into people's houses, um, what's the humanity like there? As far as like what you're, you're facing humanity mm-hmm. when you go out there, somebody getting picked up and recovered, but they have a, an unsupervised minor there. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody getting picked up, and there's drug abuse and maybe uh, other types of abuse going on, Mm -hmm. and you have a responsibility to say something about it.
1: Yeah, it's ultimately up to the individual agent. Um, Me personally, when it's an unsupervised minor, I try and talk to the minor, like, where's your daddy at? Where's your mommy at? Where's your sister? Oh, they're at work. Uh, What's their phone number? What they look like? What car they drive? What color? I try just my hardest to really mend it and kind of get a supervisor there. Um, I'm not going to leave a child unattended Yeah. while their mommy or daddy is in handcuffs in my car. Are there
0: people that will, that, that in, the, in this industry that would?
1: Sometimes I don't think that they would take that into consideration and then they would. Yeah. So it's ultimately up to the agent. Um, there comes a kind of like social responsibility though. Like, it's like mandated reporting do,
0: um, do you bring so like and we get involved like i I remember doing work and seeing kids in bad situations and then coming back later on, you know yeah you you have some of that going on as well,
1: yeah, absolutely. Um, there was one time I was arresting both the mom and dad, and the kiddos i they had already had CPS there when I arrived. They were already being taken. Um, the kiddos asked me to watch their cat while they left, and that they would be back. And it was heart wrenching for me. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So there's some.
0: You, you yeah. did you go back to feed their cat?
1: Yeah, of course. Um. I I there's a couple of individuals I've arrested that I actually do keep in contact with just yeah. to
0: check in a little bit. People would. Scoff at that, you know like I, I i don't because i i have my heart's way too big, yeah, and that's led to a lot of stupidity in my life, <laughs> but uh what is that about being getting getting involved with these people's lives like that what do you what do you like in my on my, in my mind after years of doing this uh I have this weird Uh, math that i do in my head when i'm affecting other people's lives negatively i should be doing something positive at least so i'm my soul safe because i grew up catholic (laughs) yeah (laughs) um but uh for you what is that but what what are you trying to accomplish with uh trying to do these side
1: quests (laughs) uh side quests is a good way to describe it um i keep a very strong line between me staying in contact with them because I don't want them to get too close to my personal life yeah. Um, for safety reasons. But I do, I think in a way what I'm trying to get out of it is giving them someone that they can confide in um, because I didn't have that when my dad passed away. I didn't have anybody after the fact. So someone that they can, you know, just text and be like, hey, like I went to an AA meeting today. It was awesome. Or like I'm two weeks sober today off of meth or, you know, just someone that they can trust. Not because I'm not like, I'm not someone close to their family. I'm not going to go run and tell. I'm an outsider. Um, and just for them to hear like a congrats, yeah. you know, they can be fighting personal battles that they haven't told anyone besides myself. And just to get, like, a congrats.
0: Means you, a lot. you come from a, now a line of bounty hunters, yeah. you know? Like, I, I have a nine-year-old daughter. I don't want her to do what I did, <laughs> you know? I don't want her to get involved in that and any of my stuff. Is it something that you wouldn't you know, envision your you know, kids getting involved in later on in life?
1: I've talked a lot about that with my partner, um, and I... Don't think we've come to a strong conclusion there because while I would like to keep the line going, I've seen a lot of things that I wouldn't yeah. have wanted to starting so young Yeah, and I'd want to kind of not shy, like not shade over the drug problem. Um, I would want to be realistic about it, but I don't think I would want to introduce it or yeah. the reality of it.
0: How long have you been doing this?
1: Legally, for five years yeah. in
0: Washington. This is five years of bounty hunting in Washington, not only taking part in the activity, but also now taking part in the formation of people that are into this activity. Yes. Uh, what are some of your regrets with this? Because there's always, there's always a few of them. Uh, with this, this, is, this is your lifestyle, because it is a lifestyle. Uh, this is your, you know, the work that your life that you're doing right now, this is is all of it. Mm -hmm. Is there, are there any regrets around that?
1: Oh yeah. There's times when I could have put a case off to stay home, um, spend time with my family. Um, there's been times when I've rushed out on a case when like it's been a birthday that I should have been there for, um.
0: It's an, it's it's been a place to run away to. Yeah, it's an excuse for absence it in is. a lot of ways. Absolutely. So, is, have you taken advantage of that a bit too much? Maybe at sometimes.
1: Yeah, and it goes back to uh, what I would have changed and told myself is just to stay humble, because you know money's always going to be there. You can always go out
0: and but you want to eat. You want to eat the world.
1: Yeah, you can always go out and complete a case, but like. Your grandma's not going to be there tomorrow. Your dad's not going to be there tomorrow. So, yeah.
0: Time dedicated Time. to this. Uh, having a partner that is into this same field, that might must be helpful, I guess. Yeah. But what are some of the negatives of that, though? Because there's, I mean, they know. That's one probably, right?
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, I would say I enjoy it more than a partner who isn't into it. He understands more when I'm leaving the house at 3 a.m. and going to work with another male partner. Um, he understands when, you know, I am I have to text, I'm at the jail, you know, for, <laughs> for whatever reason he gets it. Um, I would say our struggles more is because he's not into it as much as I am. Yeah. He doesn't enjoy it as much. If he has to go, he will go. Um, but he... He wants to stay home, and that's our biggest colliding factor. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, workaholic versus, well, uh, work.
1: Yeah. Uh, I guess I'll go.
0: <laughs> when it comes to your mother, uh, she's been at this longer than you have. Uh, she's slowing down. Is she trying to figure things out as far as her exit?
1: She, yeah, she's slowing down. Um I work for more bondsmen than she does right now. She's focusing more on the boot camp. Um, she does armed security now with another company. Um, she's slowing down. She wants to eventually pass it on to us girls, me and my sister.
0: Your sister, she's also a uh, recovery agent. Mm-hmm. What's a relationship like with her, that doing this craziness?
1: Yeah, uh, we call her the Penelope of the group. She stays home and runs the skip tracing, uh, the investigation side. Um, we'll call her to run IDs or license plates from, you know, out in the desert, and she'll she'll do it. She'll get us back to like a huge transcript of everyone's information.
0: Is it basically having somebody there in your ear that provides you open source information of anybody you need? Yeah, to? yeah, that's her thing.
1: Yeah, she's great
0: at it. So what I what I'm get gathering is that there's special specialized positions and roles in this this whole this
1: family dynamic. This
0: family dynamic, yeah. uh, indispensable ones. You know, we're all indispensable in this weird adventure. If you could, uh, if you can do it all over again, is this where you would end up?
1: Yeah, I think I would.
0: W- what part of this is fulfilling for you?
1: Hearing those success stories, people reach out to me and say, saying like, hey, you put me in jail, but it really changed my life. You know, I got sober in there. Purpose. Purpose. Yeah.
0: Purpose. Is that, when's the first time you saw purpose in it? Is it, is it? Was it an event like that? Yeah. Can you, can you, so for me, like I, uh, I remember realizing that I was exactly where I needed to be because it, was, it had to be me. Uh, and having a moment of purpose,, yeah. it's a beautiful thing when you find it. A lot of people don't ever find it. Mm-hmm. What's your moment of purpose?
1: Uh, I remember one of my skips had had gotten a bed at an Oxford house, which, if you don't know what an Oxford house is, it's sober living. And you have it's very strategic rules to to get a bed space in there. You have to be sober for at least like six to six months to a year. and he messaged me because I had picked him up on a warrant um, slightly before, something unrelated, like driving with license suspended. Um, but he messaged me, said he got a bed. Um, he has an apartment now. You know, he got his kids back. You know, it, it's purpose. It's hearing those success stories that keep me in it.
0: Um, yeah. Amazing. Um, the amount of time and energy put into all this, it's a lot, right? Can you go over a work day for you? Like, what does a work yeah. day for you sound like? What was that work day for you look like?
1: Yeah. I mean, since we live in a small town, it's obviously we have to get ready the night before, get all of our gear in the car, everything's charged, flashlights, body cams, um, have our file printed off and ready with all of the booking paperwork. If it needs extradited, we'll have that paperwork with us, um, a f- good photo of our person identification of the person um generally we like to do our skip tracing information the night before so we know what we're getting into um then we'll get all geared up our boots our vests everything um and then we'll drive out which it typically takes anywhere from two to four hours
0: from Morton what time of, what time of day when's are your are, w- w- day starting
1: three or four in the morning and then it goes until 3 or 4 the next morning.
0: Um, to, for one person?
1: Yeah. One, we try and uh, stagger them. So if we have a case along I-5, we'll stagger them from city to city all the way back home. So we're not...
0: We're strategic in even that.
1: Yeah. So very planned out.
0: You come back from a day like that, um, hurt feet, sweaty. You know, smelling like burnt tires. Yeah, sometimes. <laughs>
1: right. You know, uh,
0: what does the uh, what does the unwinding look like now that there's no alcohol? Like, how, what do you do?
1: Well, I got a dog. Um, he's my PTSD service animal. I spend a lot of time with him when I'm when I'm home, um, taking him on walks and unwinding.
0: What does he What does he do for your PTSD?
1: Oh, he calms me so much. He loves being outside, so I take him on like hikes and everything. It really helps with you know hearing things on the trees with my avalanche and everything. And he give he gives me purpose too with getting up in the morning, out of bed, and and, in crowds of people. He really calms me.
0: So this this it sounds like he basically gives you purpose outside of you.
1: Absolutely, yeah.
0: Like you have to be there to take him on. He's my little buddy. He has to be there to be present with him out there yeah. instead of inside yourself, right? You're yeah. In, in your head.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, is that a scary place for you to be in, alone in your head?
1: It can get very dark in there.
0: Yeah. The mm-hmm. the aspect of darkness and getting very dark in there and also choosing this as a lifestyle mm-hmm. sounds crazy. Yeah. <laughs> how do you reconcile both of these things um coming from instability, loss, grief, uh insecurity. You talk about your mom not being there and that being an issue for you that you really kind of mm-hmm. affected you. Mm-hmm. But now you're adopting the same life yeah. in a lot of ways. Yeah. What's was what is that conversation like in your head when you try and reconcile both of these things when you uh
1: It's hard because I have a lot of pride in what I do. I've worked very hard to get where I'm at. So is my mom. Um, I think what, you know, the work-life balance is for me is going out and seeing some of these people's lifestyles, what they're getting themselves into, their kids that they're leaving behind. Um, It makes me go home at night and be like, Sam, I'm going through a lot, but at least I'm not not—I'm not that far off. I'm not leaving my kids behind. I'm not in jail tonight. Um, I think that's kind of, you know, it, it gives you more of like a thankfulness coming home to like your own bed and your dog and a good meal. Um, yeah, I think it, you're just more grateful.
0: If you can talk to yourself at 14 now. What are you saying to that 14-year-old trying to figure things out uh, while they're trying to maintain a sense of normalcy as, as their uh, stepfather is being wheeled out?
1: Yeah, I get that question a lot. I think what I would tell my 14-year-old self is just keep going. Um, like, you know you're not going to be in that position forever. You're making steps to to be somewhere else, and it's going to work out for you. Um, yeah, just just keep going.
0: The only way, is through.
1: Yeah, don't lose sight of it.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's a great one. The uh, the aspect of this job, the nature of it, how unique it is in a lot of ways, and the fact that you're kind of basically not only at the at the forefront of it, and you're basically kind of like re- re- relieving your mother now, and uh, continuing on this business the The economy drugs, all these things, do you think that position you have gives you like a good measuring stick as far as how things are happening or what's going on in the in society around us?
1: it does um
0: i mean at a at a basic ground level, I mean nobody can tell you what's going on right you're there,
1: I think and, everybody is feeling it
0: everybody so you can you can you see that there is We just lived through a COVID epidemic, which the economy is probably suffering right now for it. Uh, The depression aspect of it, the people losing their livelihoods and all that. You're basically right there kind of seeing some of the effects of this. What do you see?
1: Um, I see a lot of struggle from families all over. I see a lot of, like, people are in the same struggle that my mom was when this all started with putting food on the table and they're resorting to drug use to kind of cope. Um, yeah. I, I just see struggle escape. Yeah. Escape Um, kind of like a temporary band aid on the situation that they're in, yeah. but, but they don't, they don't see it, but we do. Yeah. It, it's, like they're in the hole but we see everything that's piling up outside of the hole
0: the amount of substances that people are using out there the escape aspect of it and then seeing that every day you know i imagine you walk into a few rooms where there's a bottle of crown royal on the on the table or something like that does that do anything for you at the end of the day
1: oh it, yeah it
0: do you remember
1: oh yeah yeah always I always want to, it's difficult sometimes because you don't know what your place is when you're talking to that person. I can offer as much support and help as I can, but are are you willing to take it? And most often they're not. I'll see them again in a couple months.
0: And as far as getting the day done on your end, I mean, it's a lot, that sounds like a lot of voices, a lot of noise Mm -hmm. at the end of the day. How do you do? That? How, how, do you, how do you deal with that now that the alcohol is in uh, is in, uh, in in the uh, equation? You know, walking your dog and the purpose that he gives you. Like I, I can understand that. Yeah. You know, that, like for me like for me, it's isolation. I have mm-hmm. to go hide somewhere and shut myself off.
1: Yeah, honestly, my whole family's like that. Like once we're done working for a day, we all. To separate into our own little corners and then we'll come back tomorrow but we need time to kind of process what we've seen you know it's not always it's not always glamorous
0: what is the processing what is that for you like what is that like for you like going to somewhere where you have to go feed their cats afterwards these kids are saying i oh, will be back but they probably won't be back
1: right it's hard i mean I got to keep the promise to them in case they do come back because I would want someone to take care of my dog if I wasn't there. Yeah. Um, it's hard coming back to my space, too, after being somewhere, like seeing how most most other people live. Coming yeah. back to my space afterwards is difficult. Um, yeah.
0: You have somebody that approaches you about... Uh them not being too excited about their job anymore or they need a job of some sort. Uh, And you have this uh, activity that you're a part of. Give me your best pitch for this lifestyle that you have.
1: I mean, I just asked the same question my mom was given. Have you ever considered bounty hunting? Have you ever considered bail bonds? Most people go, no, I haven't. And I'll be like, well, if you ever do consider it, Here's my card. Um, I've had a couple skips actually get interested in it. which is pretty funny. I give them a bounty boot camp card. Give me a call
0: <laughs> the um the aspect of this job and how it seems unending, you know you you talk about repeat customers and stuff like that. How do you keep yourself stable and sane with that? you know this this uh sandcastle building next to the ocean.
1: Yeah. I just got to, um, I would say just becoming very personable with them. You know, why am I seeing you again? Why are you back in my cuffs? You got a ride to court? Why are you coming out this far? What are you doing here? Um, usually they'll be like, man, I just forgot. It's like, I can give you a ride to court. Call me. So, Humor. Yeah. You know, it's people aren't inherently evil it's just they find themselves in that situation and it's learned and um you know i just try to be the best person i can be while i'm in a situation that we both don't want yeah so yeah i would i would say just finding the personal ability.
0: the it's a wild story yeah. you know the uh the job and uh, the fact you learn from your mom, <laughs> and uh, this this almost uh, drive that you have to matter or to find purpose and and to find purpose every day is exhausting.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it is.
0: <laughs> and that's usually something you get from trauma victims. Um, for me, when I experienced my loss, I was thirteen. Uh, my brother passed away, and devastating to my family. But for me, it gave me this weird drive, this weird push to find not only purpose, but to also find—I uh, guess—to find my work, what I'm going to be known for,
1: mm-hmm.
0: what I'm going to be uh, remembered for. I guess mm-hmm. my dad, my 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 brother left at nineteen, you know. And his funeral almost closed down the the street in front of in front of the funerary service. So that for me, that was like, wow, I have a big shoes to fill, I guess.
1: I understand that
0: feeling. <laughs> is um is the drive putting you here? Coming from that fourteen year old waiting for the ambulance uh, and having your neighbor next to that phone. Um is that push still there? And if that push is still there, you think that's enough or do you think that's all you need to kind of go on and figure these things out or, or does it turn into something else?
1: I think it turns into something else. I think there's a larger push, but I think that push will always be there.
0: The initial one.
1: That 14 year old will always be talking to future yeah. me. So yeah. Uh, yeah, I think the biggest thing is is my dad's passing, but also when I was 14 and I was like, I didn't come this far just to get this far. Yeah. I need, I need to be something more.
0: Yeah. Well, I think you are. <laughs> you're not only uh, involved in it, but you're also making other people better at it yeah. and having them go through this... Uh, this life choice of uh, lifestyle choice, which is a pretty interesting one. Um, where can people find out more about you and the work you do in and bounty hunter Boot Camp If they want to join that. Yeah.
1: App? If you're interested in joining, you can find us at bootcampforbountyhunters.com. for bounty It has all of our next course information, what we're all about, what we provide. Um, we also have a meet the team sector so you can read more about my mom, myself, my sister, um, you can also read about Scott, who was our mentor, who the course is in honor of, and then you can find us on our socials: Instagram, TikTok. We have a YouTube um, bootcamp for bounty hunters, and then there's my personal Black Delilahs. I'm on everything, so find me there.
0: Awesome, awesome. Yeah. Um, when we started talking about this, uh, this conversation, one of the first things that attracted me to your story was the fact that you came from, your mother was the badass. And in a lot of ways, my mom was like the directly responsible for me kind of putting me on the path as well. Uh, what advice do you have to other women, girls, ladies, people out there that think that this is completely outside of the scope of what they could do?
1: I think really focus on your training if you're interested in it. If you are serious about it, research the local training. Go to your next training. No matter how silly it sounds, even take the free courses. Show yourself you can do it and build yourself up that way, and then you'll you'll notice a significant difference in your capability, and that will give you enough confidence to pursue what you
0: actually want to do. That's great advice. Yeah. And I think that's a good way to end this. Thank you so much for coming out.
1: Thank you for having me.